Welcome to Art Worlds with me, Dr. Cleo Roberts Comoretti. This is the podcast that tells you all about the art worlds you might have missed. We're going to journey around the globe and talk to artists, patrons and curators from Cambodia to the Democratic Republic of Congo. With this, we'll build a truly international perspective of the many thriving art worlds. Japan, a string of mountainous islands lying off the east coast of Asia, is a country of contrasts. Steeped in ancient cultural traditions, influenced in part by China and Buddhism, and simultaneously one of the most economically and technologically progressive societies, life is a balance between old and new. All but isolated from the world from early 17th to 19th century under military rule, as the country opened up, a new era of empire building eventually led to conflict and defeat in World War II. The country's post-war era saw a change in its arts as artists turned away from indigenous traditions. Painting styles customarily focused on nature and landscape were energised. So too were print forms and experimental groups developed as artists looked for meaning in styles and movements abroad. This form of experimentation and assimilation persists. And while a distinct Japanese aesthetic based on understatement, cultivated simplicity and the celebration of imperfection is discernible, contemporary artists also expose and engage with the burdens of life. With censorship of political and sexual expression still potent, artists often innovate playful approaches that have global resonance and transcend Japan's contained art world. Mami Katioka is director of Tokyo's Mori Art Museum, a space dedicated to contemporary art and architecture. Part of the founding team, Mami has earned international renown for her curatorial approach and writing. She's been consistently listed in Art Review's Power 100 and was the first Asian curator to direct Sydney's Biennale in 2018. Last year saw her open the Achi Triennale, one of Japan's largest international art events. Mami joined me from her office in Tokyo to discuss her impressive work and the concept of Asian art. You've been chief curator of Mori Art Museum in Tokyo since 2003, from when it was founded. Over that time, you've been instrumental in building the museum's profile and range of shows. What were your aims when you first came into the role? Um, yes, the Moriart Museum opened in 2003 and then I joined from the very beginning, but uh, um, I was in, in, a, in a previous position, I was at the place called the Tokyo Opera City Art Gallery, which opened in 99, and uh, I started working on the project in 92, so uh, before I leave for Mori, I worked on the project for 11 years. Then uh, that was a time that uh, Tokyo needed uh, contemporary museum or even the contemporary gallery to show something international and also like a truly co um, contemporary. Then uh, 95 uh, Tokyo Metropolitan Government opened the Museum of Contemporary Art Tokyo. So uh, that was really the time that climate started to change. But uh, for the Mori Art Museum, I truly hoped that uh, this museum as a case study to become uh, international contemporary art museum 
which actually did not start as a collecting museum. We do collect some works now, but uh, even without like a collection, I really wanted this case to be successful. And uh, so the reason why I moved from Tokyo Opera, Opera City Gallery to Mori is just really wanted to contribute for the success of this case. And what, when you were founding it, were there challenges that arose when, I just imagine it's quite a unique moment in your career when you're building something mm. from foundation blocks? Yeah, actually the Tokyo Opera City Art Gallery was something that I really started from the very scratch. So this was the second time that I was with the inauguration of the museum. And uh, it's always very, very difficult because the people come together from very different backgrounds and different experiences. So there's no common sense and no sort of common guidelines to do something. And uh, someone has a very different experience, someone has no experience. Then, uh, um, yeah, the David Edith was the first non-Japanese museum director. So, uh, that was uh, the just interesting moment for me to uh, be in this kind of, um, in this team who needed to sort of give a birth to the new museum. So uh, probably first 10 years was, uh, I don't say easy, but everyone kind of shared the same goal to raise this new baby. But after the baby becomes a teenager, the, the direction goes to the different uh, different direction. And uh, so uh, next 20, 10 years is also quite difficult to keep up with the uh, credibility that the Moria Museum uh, received in a very short period of time, and then how to sort of develop further. And uh, we are celebrating 20th anniversary next year already. So uh, it's a, again, interesting moment. Um, what do we mean by 20s? And then what is our next 20 years? So it's always a challenge, but uh, it's, it's good to be challenging so that you have new motivation all the time. And I'm also really fascinated because aside from, I imagine what was quite a huge role at Mori, you, have worked very internationally and sort of been instrumental in Ai Weiwei's show at the Hirschhorn Museum and Sculpture Garden in Washington. You were an international curator at the Hayward for a few years in 2007 to 2009. And you also directed the fantastic um, Biennale of Sydney in 2018. So with your approach, do you find you have a sort of consistent set of core principles or do things have to adapt and shift as you move contexts? Hmm. Yeah, actually, I always think that I have to keep learning because time changes and environment changes. And if you change the context, the, um, the audience is different. So uh, yeah, it, it's just simply always the learning process. And uh, when I started to work at the Hayward Gallery in 2007, just half of my time, and the other half I still had to uh, keep my 
one leg at the Mori Art Museum. So I was sort of commuting between Tokyo and London every month and a half or something. Really? And, wow. Um, I, I thought I was early 40s at the time, and I thought, oh, this is something I can do now, but maybe not in the 10 years' time. So uh, I did it. It was really great to that I did it because when uh, I was asked by one of the journalists before going to London, do you think uh, you what you do is going to be different? And at, at, the, at the time, naively enough, I was thinking, no, I, I always do what I do, and I don't think the audience is so different. But actually, um, the environment, audience, and context, and their sort of knowledge and experiences are all quite different. So I, I should have learned. And from that experience, whenever I go like Sydney, I mean, also, I just closed my IT trainale this Monday. I started to do this uh, learning process for my, myself together with the public. For IT also, I, uh, I started to do the interview on the people in the different cities where um, I held uh, a trenale and to ask about their textile industry and history of tie-dye and then also history with ceramics. So uh, every local people gave me a new idea, not about art, but also a local context. And uh, so after uh, yeah, working and then also curating exhibition for many different audiences, I started to really think that there is no such place as global. And everything or no such place as greater world, uh, it's always the, the world or global is just simply collection of the small locals. And uh, so whenever you go to different places, you have to sit and just look at the society through their local perspective, but try to still connect and also have, have a conversation with the rest of the world, but not larger global, larger world, but the different locals from different parts of the world and how we can still uh, build the conversation. And uh, you can really, build a conversation from very different artists from different parts of the world and different time. And uh, that really uh, makes like a beautiful moment. Mm. And with saying that, because that leads really nicely into my next question, because I'm really uh, interested in, you're also a professor at Kyoto University of Art and Design. So you've obviously deeply embedded as well as having this international footprint you're very embedded in the art world in Japan in your experience and having stepped into all these different cultures do you think then you can have these terms such as Asian art that massive expansive term is that something that you've considered throughout your practice <laughs> it's an interesting question because when I was at the uh... Hayward, that was the time that uh, Chinese economy was going up and then uh, followed by uh, Indian and also uh, Southeast Asians. So the focus of the countries and region within Asia was already shifting. And uh, being a Japanese curator, they, they, people expect me to know all about Asia. Um, so it, it's like asking British curator to ask everything about the entire Europe. Yeah. So 
<laughs> so uh, that's kind of uh, the people's imagination is uh, the, where they are. Then uh, I realized that uh, it'd be necessary for someone who could really not represent, but have a broader understanding of the larger region like Asia, because there are so many specialists of each country and the scholars are more sort of going to the specific time and specific region. But even when I did the Southeast Asian Contemporary Show in 2017, I met very little uh, people who knows broader understanding of the entire region. Everyone was more specific to the nation or the country. So uh, then I, I, I thought it's better for me to be based in Japan and uh, be able to travel easily throughout Asia in the different countries. And then uh, let, let's just learn as much as I, ca I can. So uh, what I can say about Asian art is um, yeah, it's same as what is a European art. So uh, it's always a plural and uh, the people's experience and perception of the Asian art is different from place and time. So uh, you need to accumulate your experiences from different place, different time. And then by putting all of them, all of them together and slowly you're start, starting to have kind of image of Asian art standing out from all the experiences that you have. But I know it takes time and then also it uh, it takes the cost and opportunities. So you have to use all the opportunities that you get to travel to other parts. Then uh, yeah, I even traveled to Central Asia for as a part of the research for 2012 Wanju Biennale. And uh, by physically visiting, then you finally understand that uh, the ages are so different, but um, you know that you, you know so little about the region. And as more you learn, um, you understand how much more you need to learn. I know so that very well. <laughs> And and when you do these trips on a very practical level, are you always making like written notes or recording things? Like, how are you personally documenting these? What sounds like amazing experiences? Um, yeah, I think there are lots of photographs, but um, yeah, sometimes your hardware breaks and you lose all the pictures from three years, and these things happens few times in your life, but uh, it's always with the, uh, the connection with the people. So uh, one of the most important things for me is to, to just become friends with people. And that connection doesn't get lost when there is no battle. And uh, even computer crash, the friendship continues. So uh, that is... Uh, yeah, you, you can, even you write all the notes from your trip, then you never have a chance to go back to all the notes in 10, 20 years time. So you need to always go back to your friends and then ask. That's, I love that. That's such a, a fantastic practice, <laughs> curating through friendship. Um, yeah. And to return to the Mori Museum, 
and you mentioned you're coming up to 20 years which is a great achievement and you've developed um the museum has developed like more of a digital program that is really fascinating it includes um online lessons and lots of resources and screenings and as we kind of approach or are in a more intensifying digital landscape is that something that the museum are gonna build on um more and what sort of is the thoughts of like the future for a museum yeah i think the digitization of the museum or sort of a metaverse experiences in of art have been uh the really developed in the last few years of course because of the COVID. so uh the whole museum community made a huge progress in the past few years but uh, i think it is still very much in progress and uh, i always start from a space as a museum the the physical space we have so uh yeah the particularly when you ask about uh, how do you deal with nft art and for me for now i have nothing to do with nft and uh, i uh, value more as a physical experience in the space and how can we sort of live along with this development of technology and uh, we use um, social network uh, social media marketing and uh, it's becoming so big but at the same time in actual exhibition we do make sure that you have to come and experience and things that that would never go beyond the uh, iPhone screen. And there's so much more that you have to still be analog and physically experienced. And I have a strong belief in that. But also I am uh, uh, excited about the progress of the, this technology. So uh, yeah, we have to see what can be done and what we need for the museum and uh, what we can still sort of look from the side and see looking for the moments that the best timing we can do something together. Thank you to Mammy for her considerate answers. If you enjoyed what you heard, do subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. In the show notes, you'll find out more about Mammy's practice and her numerous shows. Join me next time when we speak to Team Lab, an international art collective who are creating astonishing immersive experiences across the world. This has been Art Worlds with me, Dr. Cleo Roberts-Comoredi. See you on the next journey.